Okay, I'm here in lovely South Florida, Pembroke Pines, to be precise, with my grandmother, Clara. Hi. Hi, everybody. How are you doing, Clara? Very good in your company now. Oh, it's good to be in your company. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're talking about movies, and you said you had some favorite movies. Clara's picks. Yes. One of them is uh, What a Wonderful Li- Life mm-hmm. with James, James Stewart. Stewart and yeah. Donna Reed. This is one. Yeah. The other one, a romantic one, is uh, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audrey Hepburn and William Holden and Humphrey Bogart and uh, Umbrellas of Cherburgo. The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Cherbourg, yes, with Catherine Deneuve. Right. It's a very nice music by Michel Legrand. I have here, it's a classic. It has 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It looks like a great film. Yes, I love it. So none of these movies are science fiction movies? No. Do you think aliens exist? I don't think so. No aliens are out there anywhere? I don't think so. I, I don't see them, so I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> but space is so big. Yeah, can be that uh, something is there, but... Uh, okay, so maybe aliens. Maybe. <laughs> okay. What about ghosts? Ghosts? You think ghosts are real? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you, you think that ghosts? The ghosts are... No, I don't think so. But I don't know. It's maybe. Yeah. It, this is true. That's spooky Maybe every, everything is maybe because uh, mm-hmm. if you, we don't see it, we don't know. Okay. But what about love? We don't see love, but we know. You feel it. Yeah. Sometimes so I, this you know. <laughs> okay, that, that's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you want to tell them, enjoy the show? Of course. Enjoy the show if you you have to like uh, Ethan. <laughs> because he's the best, one of the best grandson that I have, and I have a lot of them. <laughs> I'm just one of the best? I'm not the best grandson? Uh, I cannot, <laughs> I, I cannot say that. Okay, yeah, because I, yeah, because I have a lot of. Okay, all but I'm one of the best. I'm in the top half. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Okay. Of all right. Course. You heard it here, guys. You're listening to a show <laughs> with one of the best grandchildren that Clara has. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I love you with all my heart. I love you too, Clara. I know. Science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Welcome to Bad Science, everybody. I, as always, am your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I am so excited here to talk about Limitless, one of the greatest films of all time. Of course, I'm just kidding. We'll get back to that in a second. But I want to introduce my guests here from one of my favorite podcasts, The Great Debates. We have Dave King. What's up? Writer, producer, I mean, love on Netflix, mm-hmm. The Simpsons, mm. Parks and Rec, mm. Workaholics. Mm. Thanks for being here, Dave. Oh, happy to be here. Happy to talk about Limitless. And your good friend, uh, both from Needham, is that correct? Yeah. Needham, Massachusetts. We have Steve Healy, a writer-producer. He works on Veep, 30 Rock. He worked on The Office, and you've put out four novels, if I'm not mistaken. Is that One novel. Oh. 
couple travel books. Oh. Uh, enough. I put out enough. <laughs> on a tour. There's plenty of me out there. Okay, Steve Healy, everybody. Steve, thank you so much for being here Thanks as well. Thanks for having us. A pleasure. It's unbelievable, guys. And of course, we will make them debate uh, later on. I'm sure everybody's, you know, just just asking for that right now. Everyone. But we're not going to jump right into that just yet. I've got to introduce our scientists. We have behavioral neuropharmacologist Dr. Tegan Wall. How's it going? It's going great. I'm sorry we don't have an audience that just bursts into applause <laughs> when I announce. Wall! <laughs> Tegan! Build the wall! Oh, no. Oh, it got political so early. It's okay. Okay, so Limitless, guys. Um, uh, This was your suggestion, Tegan, not to throw you under the bus. It's like the number one movie my mom's friends ask me about. Really? (laughs) They hear I do like neuropharmacology, and they're like, so, smart drugs. (laughs) So, you've met Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Basically. Okay, um, what did you guys think of the movie? Did you suggest it because you love Limitless? I don't love Limitless, okay. but in terms of movies about people who get smarter, it's not one of the worst ones. Okay. Okay. All right. That's probably true. I that's take a, that. That's what should be on their poster. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like when you queue it up on Netflix. Like, at yeah. least we're not Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is Lucy bad? I haven't seen Lucy. I haven't seen that either. Lucy was Physically sort of a she's rough. Limitless. Was that right? Yeah, mm. only worse. In what way? Oh, my favorite part is the when they tried to fix it in editing, and instead you just have like scenes where she's wearing one outfit, and then she's wearing a different outfit in the next scene, and then she's oh, back no. to the other outfit in the next scene. Got Ooh, away from them continuity wise, just a little that. bit. That's Needed rough. a little more smart pills in the editing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the costume department. Yeah. Well, who's to say? Who's to blame? Who's to say? <laughs> what did you guys uh, think of the film? You guys just watched it, right? I, I just watched it last night. Yeah, first time watching. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like. It's a movie. Like, it's not amazing. (laughs) It's definitely not great. But I didn't think it was terrible. Mm -hmm. It's got movie stars. It's got action sequences. (laughs) Like, it held my interest, even though I didn't think it was particularly great. Okay. It annoyed me at times, but also... My ultimate takeaway of the movie was, like... I forget if we were talking about this already, but, like, this was the ultimate test of, like... Not ultimate test, but this is... A test of Bradley Cooper as a movie star. Yeah, that'll agree. Because it's not the best story or whatever, but like, I kind of kept watching just because of him. Yeah, he carried the film. He kind of carries the film, and he's just gorgeous, and he's very good, I think, (laughs) at doing this. It's nice that smart drugs make you prettier, too. Like, every time it kicks in, he's got that, like, Snapchat face looks great. I was fine with that. I was fine with all of that. And so, you know, it's not, I'm, whatever. Okay, so so far, two two out of two positive reviews. Here's my review. It seems like you both enjoyed it, is all I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, if I'm on a flight to Australia and it's one of the options, it will be one of the five movies I watch. Got it. Yes, great plane flight. As I was watching it, and even now, I'm, I'm not sure whether I had seen it before. I think that I'd seen probably 40% of it before. Okay. Now I've definitely seen all of it. But you know what? It's Now it's like, if I saw it on a flight to Australia, I've seen this one. I know what happens. I can ride along. Mm-hmm. It's like burned in there. Yeah. I'm, uh, Limitless is part of my movies to get you to Australia. There you yeah. go. So. For me, I, I love... Movies and I and I kind of relate with what you're saying, Dave, because I just you know I I watch a lot of these movies for the pod and think I'm going into this no expectations, you know, let me just enjoy it, and I do for the most part, I really do. I watched this movie last night, 9:45 p.m. I started by myself, Mm. really did not enjoy this film from the get go. 
the credits I hated a lot of people oh I'm with you on that they made man. me really dizzy yes. yes could not stand the, the opening like warp and they use yes, it a few times in the movie yeah. where you're kind of warping forward oh. I had to look away oh my god yeah could not stand that effect and really just and again listen I, I, I know I've, I've said this before in the pod like I'm a schmuck I don't make films for a living you know this guy Neil Berger has done a bunch of he did The Illusionist which I like oh, I, I, I like The Illusionist um, but in general did not like this film I had, yeah. had so many problems for me and I want to go over some of them here with you guys Let, oh it's got problems we, okay it's not good <laughs> so I don't want to just like complain yeah. but I'd want to I see I feel backed into a wall where I'm going to end up being the <laughs> limitless public defender no, that's I, great I'll, I'll, I'll support the film I'll back up the film okay. there's certain has... parts of the film that I really really like okay yeah. well I'd love to hear okay. that stuff because for me all that is highlighted in my brain is these terrible parts that could have been yeah. easily solved I gotta I say like. the opening credits that you guys are complaining about I felt like establishes perfectly where you're at with this film that's this true is like it's not amazing it's not great they didn't have all the money in the world but they made something that's supposed to be kind of exciting yeah have fun and speaking of that they made a ton of money they set the right. terms with this movie, movie which was crazy to me I looked it up and I thought like oh maybe it made a few million dollars a it million. Was, it made like 150 oh, really? million dollars was well, it literally mean, limitless at the box office no he just <laughs> yeah. said it, it says was, infinite he just said 100 was like 100 something <laughs> uh, but it was enough Sorry. <laughs> it was enough to make a TV show. They were like, we got to make a TV show out of this. Yeah. Well, because the idea yeah. is very, uh, you know, addictive, it's right? Fun. There's it's, something yeah. about just that log line that you're like, oh, you can use 100% of your brain. I want to know what happens right. on that. But I think the execution of that fell short so hard. And I'm not a uh, movie critic or whatever. I will actually say, though, that's one of my favorite parts science wise in the movie is mm-hmm. the whole, you know, how scientists say you only use 20% of your brain? Mm-hmm. That only comes up once in the movie. Right. And it comes up from like the least reliable source. True. Who's just talking at his ass. Brother-in-law. Right. And the fact is, for the record, badly damaged former drug dealer. (laughs) Right. Yes. You use a hundred percent of your brain. Of course. Like Mm. if you didn't. Let's get that straight right now. You use a hundred percent of your brain. If you used it all at once, you would have a grand mal seizure Mm. and die. That should have been the movie. (laughs) Takes a pill and dies dies right away. Uh, He seizes first in front of his landlord's wife. How did this become an oft-quoted falsehood? Oh yeah, that's because like it's uh, this is the same thing as in defending your life. Where I don't know if you remember this, but they're mm-hmm. like the people who I forget what you call them, but it's like basically purgatory, and like the judges and the people who live in purgatory are like it's like Rip Torn, and he's like I use ninety eight percent of my brain, that's clocked or whatever, and <laughs> like the average human only uses twelve percent or something. Yeah, did that start? You so think somewhere? There's, there's yeah. two different places that we think it started. Great. The first is they did a whole bunch of experiments. Uh, mostly with animals, but also looking at people who sustained injuries not during these experiments. Okay. Where, like, they would just remove a part of a mouse's brain and be like, okay, mouse, do stuff. Now what? And if the, <laughs> Not so smart now, are you? If the piece was small enough, like, 90% of the time, the mouse was still pretty normal. Right. Now, these were really small pieces, and your brain is really good at having, like, redundant systems built mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So it's not that that piece wasn't doing anything. It's just that it wasn't absolutely necessary for the mouse to, like, run on a wheel. Okay. Uh, 
and same with people. You have stories of people getting traumatic brain injuries, and you're like, well, they're still people. And Phineas you're like, Gage. Phineas Gage is a great example. Had a, I'm really impressed by that, by the way. So is Dave, by the way. Very impressed with himself. <laughs> Phineas Gage had a railroad spike blown up through his face, behind his face, and into his frontal lobe. Okay. And he lived, mm-hmm. and he like there's pictures of him like hanging out with the railroad spike. Yeah. Uh, but he became a total asshole. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and, okay, I want to. Can we drill in a bit on this story? Because yeah, I too yeah, yeah. have looked no into Phineas Gage yeah. literature. Yeah. Yeah. I, and always, what I'm stuck on is like, yes, I would be an asshole too if a railway spike up. Right. The, the railroad have... probably screwed him. It's not like he was like right. getting. He got a hundred million dollars settlement. Like he was probably pissed as hell about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. How seriously can we take the science that he then became an asshole? It may have had little fair. to do with his change in like neurochemistry. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, God damn it. And people are like, yeah. ah, this is frontal lobe of the brain. So, yeah. This is supported by recent research like MRIs or some really extraordinary studies with sociopaths. Oh, right. Who were like Tell on death row yeah. versus mm. people who are not sociopaths, who are just neurotypical people living their lives. Now, how much science are you allowed to do with the guys on death row? Uh, they volunteer like for, for it, like, like everything. Yeah, we could do all kinds of things, right? Yeah, okay. the big thing is you're still not allowed to like damage them. Like it's hmm. it's there's okay. still ethical concerns with okay. hurting a human being. He's got to be a hundred percent there, even if he's okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say even if they sign a thing that says like, oh yeah, there's a risk that you could you know have brain damage, whatever. Yeah, they're. I think in some ways they're almost considered like a protected class. Because well, you sure. don't want to be they have more rights than us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you don't want to be coercing them with the fact that they're yeah. like you could literally coerce these guys with a chicken right. nugget, right? Right. You'd be like, your life is the worst a life could be right now, and also we're gonna murder you. Do you want to take this experimental drug for a chicken nugget? And they'd be like, why not? <laughs> yeah. How often do you offer people chicken nuggets for studies? <laughs> Seems like a weird way to coerce. I mean, if someone. you're doing a study on like chicken nuggets, it's then the way the to go. You get one nugget for each nugget-sized amount of your brain. <laughs> That's to deal with the mice. That's to deal with people. Yeah, so always. Sad. That's how it works. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's great. <laughs> how many nuggets, roughly uh-huh. size-wise, is the human brain? That's a great question. It's like a carnival 20, guessing game. Five, thirty-five. I don't know. So the human brain's about three pounds. Okay. Okay. So how many <laughs> ounces is a how nugget? Well, is it, but is the <laughs> but is would we Plus say sauce. that the brain is roughly as dense as you wouldn't? So the brain is mm, a lot of water no, and a not. lot of fat. So it's heavier or denser than a McNugget. Probably. What's the density of a McNugget? Oh, I, I used don't to know, know this. Um. Like, I think I think if you took, if you took a McNugget and you like soaked it in water overnight, uh-huh. like that would be or about the consistency great, and density. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you really should. Yeah. I would say like my guess is thirty nuggets. Ma- yeah. uh, in terms of size, yeah, I'm saying thirty. That's you a good guess. Thirty yeah. nuggets together. I don't know. Maybe more. That's why at McDonald's when you order thirty nuggets, they often go. It's a, a brain. Oh, yeah. get often, a brain. Yeah, yeah. 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 Depends on, the, depends on the brand. Regionally, yeah. In yeah. Vermont, they say get us a gauge. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's right. Um, okay, okay, let's let's backstep from nuggets to no, hold limitless. on, actually, yeah. Ethan. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> get us back on track. <laughs> you have some McDonald's neuropharmacology <laughs> you'd like to discuss? Um, okay, so I thought just that it was kind of funny that his hair was kind of a symbol for like intelligence because that happens in other movies too where like he has really long hair when he's like a creative. Right. But then mm. as the movie goes on, he has like shorter and shorter hair. 
Well, it's absurd that, like, the second time he takes the drug, he's, like, walking past, like, the... as the drug kicks in, hmm. he like looks over at uh, what, what a barber shop or whatever, and he's like, "I, you, it's basically him going like, I should get my hair cut, <laughs> right?" And yeah. then he gets like tailored suits, and it's like a makeover montage. Yeah, it's a strange like, <laughs> like he didn't some think decisions. to cut his hair. That was until... his brain saying, "Make me look nice." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same thing with his apartment. They like automatically the, he wanted the, to yeah, clean. clean he his... cleans his apartment. That's like the first thing he does. Yep. And kind of slowly, it's not like... He but, takes, at one point, one of his, because he's like replicating or whatever, there's like a few of him around, right. and one of his just sits on the couch, which I thought was hilarious. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I need a break. Though, I never clean as much. My apartment is never as clean as when I have a writing deadline. Sure. I oh. hear tales of people taking speed and immediately cleaning up like entire buildings and stuff, right? It's a common side effect of what, like, Adderall-y type. Stuff. Well, and, okay. and Adderall is like the main smart drug that we have right now. Like, there's a reason wow. people take Adderall to do their homework. Okay, gotcha. Oh. I still have never done Adderall. Have you guys tried Adderall? I've never had Adderall per yeah. se. What the hell does that? <laughs> there mean? <we> go. <laughs> so yes. So I have sleep apnea. Okay. So I have. T- I have a prescription for New Vigil, oh, which is that was on the yeah I saw which that. is like a stay awake drug. It's not mm-hmm. at all supposed to be like Adderall. It's like modafinil. I believe that's it's in the same class. Pro Vigil, it's in the same class. Of drugs. So I have a sleep disorder and I take modafinil. Okay. Let me look and up it is what not Adderall. I know it's not. Right. The reason I bring it up is that people who have also taken it will say, like, it feels a little like, but I don't get any sense of, like, sped up, like, mm. I don't feel like I'm... Or did, creativity did, or... So the first time... Maybe a little focus or something, but I think it's mostly just because I'm not tired. I rarely take it, yeah. if ever. So yeah. I think both New Vigil and Modafinil are rumored to be these uh, cognitive-enhancing drugs. Yes. Oh, interesting. That's what I heard. Modafinil is pro which is basically okay. my understanding is the same as so they're 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 these drugs that people on the internet claim have made them smarter and the way that these people on the internet have tested these drugs in a lot of ways is uh, they take the they're writing on the internet drug so you know they're smart. Right. <laughs> yeah they take the drug and then they sit down and finish a task that they've been unable to finish until then okay as if like getting through writer's block Mm. wasn't just like sitting down and forcing yourself to do it Mm -hmm. and having the extra stakes of i just took drugs i don't want to risk losing out on what these drugs could do Ah, like that'll push you uh when i first started i'm prescribed these by a doctor when i first started taking them the first thing i did was i did a double blind study on myself okay where total scientist move right (laughs) i i took an altoid Mm-hmm. And my modafinil, and I mixed them up and put them in peanut butter where I couldn't actually see wow, what they were. Amazing. This lined it up. And <laughs> uh, so I had written on the bottom of the containers what they were, but mm. I couldn't actually see it. And cool. I mixed Ooh, them up. Okay, that's yes. how you do a double blind on yourself. On yourself, right. Love that. And so then I took one Good one day here. and went about my life, mm-hmm. and took the other one the next day, went about my life journaled any differences I saw. And of course, this is a sample size of one. Sure. On a subject of one. Sure. Uh, and the literally the only difference is I didn't yawn 900 times throughout the day when I took the... Huh. Which I have a sleep disorder. Like, that's part of what happens. Huh. Gotcha. So it's like Altoids, 
Don't prevent yawning. Good to know. <laughs> okay. Modafinil does what it's supposed to do and keeps me awake, but does not make me smarter right. or better at my anything. So on your modafinil day, you were like, okay, I think this is the modafinil because I'm not yawning a bunch. I actually, I mean, I was just like noting things and that was, yeah, it was this could be the modafinil because I'm not as, I'm not falling asleep at my desk. Okay. Did the modafinil improve at all the quality of your breath in a minty way? <laughs> or did you find that your breath was better on the Altoid day, or was that? I found my breath tasted like peanut butter both days. That's what I was going to so say. So the peanut butter overpowered. That makes sense, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So speaking of these drugs, I want to talk about the dealer in this movie, the ex-brother-in-law that comes in towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Who I like that was immediate, and he comes in very early. No, go ahead. Weird, Steve. It, weird character to introduce in the movie. Yeah. His ex-brother-in-law. His, yeah. his f- first wife will not really feature that prominently in the film. I but guess they also hired like, someone who's like incredible to play her to show up for one scene. Who was that? Anna Friel. Oh, yeah. Oh. She was mm-hmm. good. She was good. She's a great actress, and yeah. they the, very the much honor you Honestly, her. I didn't have much of an issue with Who knows? in the film. Maybe that was, sorry, yeah. I'm getting us off I'm, track. No, you. it's okay. The acting, the acting was fine. It's just some of the, the logic here. Like, that character and and by the way they introduce him via vo like there's a lot of vo narration and it got to me hard yeah he would intro characters and tell us stuff we don't need to know because we'll know in the scene you know or it's just like unnecessary information like with the landlord like he introduces her right before we meet her and it's like obvious through their conversation their the relationship Mm -hmm. they really take you by the hand and walk you through the whole movie there's no point where you're like on your own they assume (laughs) that you don't have nzt <laughs> and yeah, are therefore right, right. an yeah, idiot. That's right. Yeah. So, anyways, that the VO really I could maybe not that's stand. how a regular movie would feel to you if you were on. <laughs> that's probably yeah. what they were going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. It would be so <laughs> obvious and simple what everything yeah. was. Yeah. The boys in the kitchen call it NZT48. <laughs> By the way, how crazy is that? That that's the so that's a line that the brother-in-law says, right? The bro, the boys in the kitchen call it NZT48. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't the boys in the like the people. Like, that's not what you call... That's not a... Like, shouldn't it a be nickname. like... No, yeah. I feel like the chemist had, like, a really long name for it, and then they, they were like, you gotta come oh, up with something yeah, shorter, and the okay, chemists were like, okay. the boys in the kitchen, the, the guys making it were like, this is our chance to name a cool drug. Yeah, also, but, if I were but they're a, chemists, yeah. so that's the they best they could do. If I'm pushing a drug, I'm not gonna say it's called NZT48. I'm gonna say, like, the guys in the... The, the, the boys in the kitchen. That makes you sound like you know them, and they're having right. fun, and they're But it really should be, like, NZs. Around. Or, like, yeah. something. NZs is better, NZs would have been good, but he just doesn't. Re- I took that to mean he doesn't really know the boys in the kitchen. He doesn't. Yeah. He's just fronting. It's like another lie. He's of like just the FDA is approved. Like yeah. that whole thing was also this guy, total like, bullshit for no sounds reason. Sounds like some sort of digestive issues. Just give me the enzymes. That's true. Mm. Um, okay, so in general, I thought the movie suffered from being too artsy. Uh, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but they like really went ham with the tinting. Well, that and, was uh, yeah. yeah, that and, was a choice. They made a choice. A strong choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very. A strong choice, which got to me also. Yeah, okay. yeah there's like a color correcting or something going on. If it was more of just, I don't know, a natural looking, put the camera on sticks Again, film. I'm going to defend the, I'll be the guy. What yeah. if they were saying like, look, this is a comic book level. This is a cartoony kind of film. This mm-hmm. doesn't exist in your like perfect reality. We're having fun here. I'm yeah. hinting at that by putting in kind of cartoon. Colors. I'll also say I didn't like it until the last scene. To the last scene. So it skips ahead mm-hmm. like a year. Right, and right. He's a senator. He's got an even shorter haircut. He's got, right, he's got an even shorter haircut. <laughs> but they toned it down 
big time for that last scene. Hmm. That last scene is like they split the difference. Okay. So you, he's dressed very nicely. He's got a shorter haircut, but you're like, is he on drugs? Is <laughs> he not on drugs? Yeah, that's true. I hear what you're saying. I would have liked, I guess, the whole movie to be like that a little bit more because it was just way too much for me and I felt almost, and I like artsy movies and I like indie films mm-hmm. and I like some crazy camera work and all that stuff, but it just seemed, to me at least, to lean more on the yeah. comical side. It seemed like almost a, a satire of itself or like a parody. Yes. Like he goes to like kiss her at one point and they do all these like weird spinning camera moves and it's like they're not, it's not much going on right now. There's, we don't even need to see this probably. There's <laughs> some stuff that already feels like dated and self-parody like yeah. when he's he's on NZT and he's writing and he's like really in the zone and he's just like staring at his computer screen smiling and then like letters start, oh, start falling raining. from the uh, <laughs> hey man well, on his fingers start blurring like in yes. Bruce Almighty yes it was a lot of filmmakers run right at the challenge of like I'm just a guy writing a novel how are we going to make that interesting visually these mm-hmm. guys took it on as well they tried to do something with it yeah it was something. I mean, I'm going to remember it. I'll give you that. Yeah. And uh, the the director had written the, his previous three films also. And so part of me kind of thought, like, he's going into this. It's this crazy concept. He didn't write it. So he's going to really right. put himself. Right. Exactly. Now, Bradley Cooper's character in the film, at first he's a novelist. And he, he, the first thing he does is use the NZT <laughs> to finish his novel. Mm-hmm. Then in he's four sort of days. like, whatever. He, he moves on from his novel. Yeah. yeah. I had a big problem with this. And, and tell me how you guys feel about it. Because intelligence, and maybe you know specifically, but I would think, you know, I love music. I love of comedy. I love writing. If I was going to take a brain-enhancing pill, I would think that I would find a way to spend the rest of my life doing that stuff. So, like, he's a novelist, so I would assume once he takes the pill, he'll just, now he'll have the, the perfect writing setup. Crank and he'll be out. Yeah. cranking out books, cranking out, uh, you know. Right, uh, he'd be legendary. He'd be the greatest American novelist of all time. Yes, yeah. and instead, he very quickly, after that thing, just decides to, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to travel with friends I just met, and then he realizes, like, I need a ton of money. And then yeah. even when he has money, he all he's thinking about is, I need way more money and power and power yeah. yeah so i don't know why that and they didn't really talk about it because he didn't you know there wasn't really a want i felt like for him like if in the beginning he just really wanted to be a great novelist, then yeah. at the end he should have, you know, had a bunch of books out or whatever. Well, and if you really want to be very rich, then you don't become a novelist. <laughs> like, right. generally speaking, right. that's not the career. Like, you can go into finance as a person who doesn't have hardcore drugs. That's mm-hmm. a thing that people do on a pretty regular basis. Okay. I just felt like he should find a way to enjoy himself yeah. more because that's really the essence of life, the purpose of existence. It's like, I want to, you know, have a high quality of life and actually enjoy myself. And it seems like he just took this hard left turn once he was on the pill of like. Well, he does teach himself piano, right? Yes, that's uh, true. He, and, and, he and does languages. languages. He kind of becomes of like sex. a giant douchebag, though. <laughs> like, if you were to like run into him at a party yeah. and you started talking to him, you would hate him. Maybe. Very much. Yes. Well, there is also, in terms of, like, his moral flaws or something, there's one thing that I think we need to discuss, which is that he kills someone. Thank you. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They don't say it, like, he for sure, someone. but it is yeah. implied, right? I think so, for sure. I don't know, okay. like, who else would have killed that woman. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. So here's uh, what I will say. This movie, the reason I like this movie is because I think it's a really great Metaphor seems a strong word, but it, it it's very much a story about bipolar disorder to me. 
Okay. So he's at this place in his life where he's trying to be a creative. He's having a hard time. He's young. They don't say how young he is in the mm-hmm. movie, but bipolar disorder tends to hit late teens, early to mid 20s. Mm-hmm. And then somebody who he hasn't seen in forever, who he doesn't know very well, shows up out of the blue, somebody from his past, and he has his first manic episode. Mm-hmm. And that manic episode, he feels like God. Mm-hmm. He gets a ridiculous amount done. He mentions not being able not not being able to sleep, not wanting to sleep, not wanting or needing to eat. Mm-hmm. And like there's several points in the right. movie where he has to remind himself That's to right. eat. Right. Like it's very clearly and he even says he at one the very first time he takes it, he's like, and I didn't feel high or anything. I just felt clear. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what a manic episode feels like. Ooh. And as it gets more and more and more extreme, he has dissociative episodes, he gets right. paranoid That's delusions, insane. he has violent states. When he isn't yeah. manic, it's he's not normal. He's extremely the direction. He's so down and so sick he feels like he's gonna die Mm -hmm. like it's very much okay that i like yeah that's that makes me somewhere yeah that makes me like it more (laughs) now i'm on board (laughs) um okay well let's let's take it back because this i i've i hope that you have some brilliant answer like that but (laughs) i i could not stand that he can't keep track of the pills it's like three different points (laughs) in the damn movie where he doesn't know where they are or he doesn't know how many he has left it seems i couldn't stand that so okay let's go through let's go through the the incidents i that you i assume you're talking about okay is one of them because this drove me crazy i couldn't tell whether he chose to not take the last pill or whether he ran out of the last pill this is like sorry which one so the one that was supposedly in the tin? Yes. Yeah, so that one oh. like, drove me insane. It's the, it's, oh, the, boy. it's the morning that he's supposed to go to the big Robert De Niro meeting. <laughs> right. And I couldn't tell if he had a pill in there and elected not to take it or if he was out of pills. Right. And then in VO, you hear him go like, even without NZT, I decided to go to the meeting or whatever. Later, we find out that there was a pill in there. Yeah. And I, I that drove me. That was it. Very seemed to go back and forth between yeah. I don't have enough, I can't take it, and everything's terrible. And thank God I have this other stash. Yes, or whatever. That is like a bag that's just as big as the first stash he found. Yeah, like he, right. He never that was runs out. So much. Well, for me. also at one point he commissions someone to make the pills, mm-hmm. and because they're not that clear about how much time is passing, at, at one point I was like, "Oh, does he have an endless supply now? Did the guy end up making the pills? Yeah. I don't know. They is that what's say. going on?" Well, th- later they deal with that just like in a sentence. Right? Yes, Robert De Niro like, says we shut, we shut down, down this morning, morning. and he right. looks a tiny bit sad, but it's but that's like it. a year later. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. also says in that conversation, he's like, "Don't you?" think I have like three or four labs and then he says I'm off it I'm yeah. not even using them so why does he have these labs the even? three or four labs <laughs> I took you as lying or bluffing oh, okay. playing chess with De Niro yeah right? just messing with him yeah. maybe well, I like that so I don't know what's canon and what's not in the limitless okay. verse <laughs> but I never watched the TV show but I did read about it a little bit, and I found this interesting. Please. Because I was confused about the ending of the movie, right? Yeah. Is he on NZT at the end? Is he not? Sure. I don't know. The TV show takes place, like, about four years after the end of the movie. Mm. And Bradley Cooper's in the show. Play. He plays the same character. Okay. He's a senator now. Okay. 
and the lead character it's like a different the main story as i understand is like the lead character is now he's on nzt and he helps like the CSI basically solve crimes and stuff. So, so the <laughs> senator goes and is yes. like, you gotta get a guy with the... Uh, oh, I, I don't know this. exactly how it starts, but but the, <laughs> the important thing here is that in the future, which is the TV show, right. Senator Bradley Cooper, Senator, what's his name? Edward Mora. Mora? Yeah, Eddie Mora, yeah. He has access to Mora. an oh. antidote for the negative right. side effects of NZT. Okay. So he is able to take NZT and basically be like the ultimate he's just, just right gas and so mm-hmm. who knows maybe that's what they thought they were establishing at the end of the movie already or I I don't know. I mean he did say that when you have this drug and you're as smart as he is, like you can spend the time to That's work out right. the kinks and all that. Yes. Right, yeah. Taper but at the off, same time, you're you like, you says. said you have like three or four labs, and then you said you were off it completely, and then you said you had, fa- like, he said like three different things that all. And he seems to outsmart other people that are on NZT. Yeah. And why is he so much more special than them? Well, Shouldn't it does, they be just as smart? Or? It does help if you're smart to begin with. Yes. We hear the, that's one of the few rules. That's true. Brother-in-law or someone says Very that. few rules we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, okay, so about the, the, the stash, the main one that bothered me yeah. is when he's like very weak and he gets into his girlfriend's office yes. and very quickly you know they 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 oh, fast right. forward past his explanation to her we don't know what he tells her but it ends up saying look i have a stash of these at your house yes, which why? why the hell would he have them yeah. stashed over there and then also says you need to go get them i'm going to stay here so go, you know, risk mm-hmm. your life. He knows people are after him that are dangerous. Right. You go figure it out. Bring them back to me. That whole part of the movie I thought could have been deleted. I, I couldn't to be stand like, it. Dump his ass. Wait, but hang right. on now. There's okay. a great part in that. What? Ha- the, admittedly, if you think about it like that, yes, cut it. But then there's a part where she, okay, now she has to take NZT to survive the gauntlet of danger. I like that, but put her in. couldn't we have got there at a like? Couldn't they have been somewhere together and been in danger and he gives her one in order for her Ooh, to survive yeah, on on her own? I you know, I don't know. I'm just saying for her right. that sequence to me, I just I threw my arms out. I was by myself, but I was looking around at someone to just say, What the hell's going on here? Well, I did in that sequence there is one of the few times where you see somebody weigh several options while on NZT. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah, Because she's cutters, in danger. Okay, what cutters? are the best yeah. weapons? I'm in such a park. Like, whoa, what's happening here? I need a weapon, bush cutters. Okay, it's sunny springtime, I guess. Bush cutter's pretty good weapon. Then there's a guy with a baseball Just bat. Just a guy hanging mm-hmm. out with a baseball Just bat away. in Central Park. Again, it's spring. Not at the baseball field. It seems like it's springtime. Then it turn, reveal it's ice skating season. Sure. People right. are ice skating. That's the weapon you want. A yeah. human child. A small with a child. I want to run and make sure I run into this girl. Who and her dad's gonna just be cool with me <laughs> grabbing her. Now, well, and also like skates are sharp, but mm-hmm. you, that that's not how it works. Kids bend before the momentum would actually do any damage to his face. Whoa. What do you mean? Like she would bend her knees? Yeah, like she would just end up kicking him in the face oh, and man. It, he'd be like, ow. I could see how there's a large percentage chance that she would actually get hit by yeah. the skate, right? But it would not slice and she'd probably the but she's probably on NZT. Slip on you guys the ice. are doing limited thinking. No, wait a second. <laughs> Why? Hold on. Slow this down for me. Why yeah. wouldn't it slice his face? So the skate blades are not knives. They uh-huh. are essentially a piece of metal that's like half a centimeter thick. That's Too thick. 
left. That's then like hollowed out in the middle to create two little okay, blades. like a catamaran kind of. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's not enough to like slice like you can't cut carrots with an ice I skate. See. Wow. Okay. So it's like yeah, specially made for the ice. It's literally for the ice, and so you have control on the ice. Okay. So that's, that's Wait, so I didn't even think about that. If you think of a whipped skate across your cheek as is done in the movie, have you ever not, like that swung a child around? Like well, they're like rag dolls. Okay, so but that's a separate issue. Let's yeah. let's address. <laughs> like what you just Healy's couldn't saying. get the force behind a child. <laughs> okay, blade, let's, let's, child. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. So let's start with the blade issue. All right. If I if you had a blade at the uh, if you had an ice skating blade at the end of a stick, yeah, a non bendable child's leg or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. and I slashed Healy's face with it. The depth of the slash would be. Like at most half a centimeter. Interesting. Gotcha. Whoa, okay. I would okay. not have thought the, that. Yeah. But the other thing is, is there's toe picks on figure skates. Uh huh. Which are like sharp pointed things at the end of the skate. Like you don't have to slash, just like hit them really hard with the toe pick. Whoa. Oh, the and the front part. Yeah, the about? front right, part right, right. with the spikes. Again, or the bat, or the. Sh- <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that really. You don't have to use a child. <laughs> no child at all has to be in this. <laughs> well, also there was. Uh, there were hundreds of people uh, on the ice skating rink. She didn't need to pick. Maybe a kid was the only thing. She probably couldn't lift. Okay. The, yeah. okay. 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 All right. Okay. Maybe there were I mean, skates look. that could have been rented that she could have gone and just picked right. up and thrown. Again, she's on NZT. We're not. That's yeah, a, yeah. That's, yeah. Not, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. If you point. commit a crime while she on did NZT, the math. should your jurors have to be on NZT? Yeah, I think so. Or with any drug. Maybe you have to give them the same drug. Also, I love that you know people probably thought going into this they're going to learn about all sorts of neuroscience, and instead we're here learning about the mechanics of ice skating, which is very cool. I figure skated all through high school. So. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay, extra knowledge. Um, okay, this one, another, I don't, I, I want to say it's my biggest gripe with the film, but Whoa. maybe some of these are tied for first. Okay. Um, he can't get a bank loan. He goes to this restaurant. He yeah. gets a hundred thousand dollars. This was the problem. This was the real issue with the film. Okay, we can all agree. On I this. loved it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a hundred thousand dollars from this Russian mobster and literally says to him, "You don't look like somebody I want to disappoint. I will get you this money back. I've been quadrupling my money yeah. every day. I'm going to have this to you. Don't even worry about it for a second. You can trust me." And then he doesn't pay him back. Crazy. He could have well, paid him back at any time and, and in the next days they later. He's made like 2.1 million. Right. And you're like, okay, so just like that point one doesn't matter to you. Just like go visit the Russian. Yeah. And the most climactic scene at the end where they come to kill him, it's because this guy has tried NZT and now has become this other, you know, right. uh, upgraded man. But he wouldn't have tried NZT if he just paid him because he came to collect the money and then he like dropped that pill and he was like, what's well, this? I want to try it. Another thing I found odd in was that when the loan shark bad guy comes to see him to ask for more pills, Bradley Edward Mora, Bradley Cooper's character, says to him something like, I thought you didn't know where we live. I thought you said you wouldn't, you didn't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Does anyone? I don't remember this. I was like, oh, he's like, are you, are you looking for me? He like yeah, walks up yes, to him? Yes, he says, are you looking for me? I thought you didn't know where we live or something. I thought you didn't follow us. Mm-hmm. Something that I wish I could remember exactly what he said, but like, isn't that exactly what loan sharks do? They yeah. know <laughs> like exactly they know where, you, where you are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the guy said he would cut his skin off and fold it over yeah. and smother him. Yeah, That's yeah. like when he's giving him the money. Just FYI. <laughs> you screw this up, I'm going to cut your skin off and put it over and, your head. And that's not going to kill you. You're going to suffocate. Yeah. Because I needed that visual. Okay, maybe in I'll my just life. 
go to the bank. Yeah. There's no excuse because... Or maybe I'll have to be patient for like a week. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm or quadrupling to, my money. Go to Since an I'm, investor yeah. somewhere. You would think one of the things that NZT would help you with is like managing your to-do list. And the top oh, thing on your to-do list would be pay the Russian. Yes. Man. Hey, pay the guy. Pay yeah. the guy $100,000 yeah. when I'm rich now. Yeah. I could not stand yeah. that. And that it was seemed tough. such an obvious issue that no one said anything about and that, that right. made me nuts. Well, it's a bad movie. I mean, that's something to keep in mind. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. I'm glad that you did. Okay, well, let's just <laughs> imagine that Edward Mora, look, he loves a bit of danger, right? That's what we know about the guy. He's living on oh, the edge. Oh, I love this. See, he this takes is any why, drug what, anybody what gives What about him? him actually suggests that, like, before he's on NZT? If anything, he's like a, he's like a recluse who, like, well, sits in his apartment. Well, to choose the creative lifestyle. Life. Yeah. yeah. No, but life he's actually novelist, cowering dude. away probably from probably the it. scariest thing there he's, is. The he hasn't written anything. The blank page. Ugh, See, this really is why you guys are the great debaters. You can now. take on any issue, even one as silly as this, which to me is very... But again, I, I love the uh, the debate, and we'll get into it soon, uh, some actual debates. But here's another one. This is very small. Yeah. This is very small. He's in his apartment. The guys come to kill him. He goes to his phone to call the police, and it says no service. Why doesn't he have service in his own apartment, one? And two, why doesn't he know that he doesn't have service in his apartment? Okay. Did the Russians, like, shut down the service somehow? I don't yeah, think I so. Because we even see worse them bash issue. the camera. So he was like, he, they, <laughs> when he first got the apartment, they're like, it's a bunker. <laughs> right. Okay, so right. that, or maybe oh, that's yeah. why. You have a balcony. Yeah. Step outside. Step outside. Yeah. Try that out. It just seems so silly to me, that part of it, where he's like, oh, no, now what am I going to do? It's like, you knew you didn't have service. Like, you, you moved into a Faraday cage. Yeah. You're going right. to be in trouble. Okay, so minutes after that, they find a safe in his apartment. Do yeah. you guys remember what's in the safe? Yeah. Uh, yes, it's the two hands of his bodyguards mm -hmm. arranged such that they're giving the henchman the finger. Right. That's correct. I was very curious yeah. about like if they came like that in the original box, because you just see them for a second. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think I so think either. I think that Edward Mora mm -hmm. arranged them as such. <laughs> Which is another argument them. to yeah. Steve's case that he loves danger <laughs> and is arranging these right. to invoke some sort of violence. But why do that? Why put those in your safe at all? Why arrange them like that? I just, uh, that was another one where I thought, and it was glazed over. They just did it for a second. They were like, oh, there's nothing in here. In fact, he's telling us, fuck you. That's right. So, well, and also, can you imagine if, like, the Russians hadn't shown up? He's just got these four hands, like, slowly rotting yeah, in his safe while he unpacks. It's crazy to me. Crazy move. He was not making the best decisions at that Time. Although then he ends up making some great decisions. I don't know. Although I, I will know. say, if Drinking you think about it as oh. like, <laughs> gross. Oh. Now that one I wanted. I, to, I wanted to get so, a scientist oh, take. Oh, on yeah, that. yeah. Please. I wanted to give a take on this because I was l losing my damn mind. Yeah. First of all, even before he drinks the blood, when the Russian Wait, say what is it? Okay, go ahead. when the Russian injects <laughs> <laughs> the NZT, yeah. he specifically says that when you do it this way, it lasts longer. Which is 100% the opposite of what happens. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, not in Like, it, it gets... So, if you take a pill orally, mm -hmm. it has to be digested by your stomach and digestive system mm -hmm. before it can be absorbed into your body, mm -hmm. before it can get to your brain, and then eventually your brain can process it and remove it again and excrete it. When you put it directly in your bloodstream, you skip the first several steps. So, it's just bloodstream, brain process get rid of got it so it happens much much more quickly that's why there are things like 
uh, time release pills that you can take because we designed them to take longer to be processed. So if you want something that's going to, yeah, to be in there for a while, you want to take it orally. Yeah. Now, how effective is drinking the blood of a guy who's injected the Zero medicine? effective. Zero percent effective. Mm. Not only that, I it really bothers me that I know this, uh, but swallowing too much blood will make you throw up. Oh. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And the way I know this is if anyone has had a really, really bad nosebleed mm. where huh. you, the nurse is an idiot and is like, just tilt your head back, uh. which people think stops a nosebleed. It does not oh, stop a nosebleed. It. All it does is change where the blood is going. Oh, man. Another falsehood. Like, why is that a popular theory? Again, the worst Some part is, is then like people are like school nurse, of their brain. Day one, they're like tilt your head back. That's the first thing. You no, need they to say know. pinch. They, a good nurse says pinch. pinch and tilt but they your head also say yeah, it's pinch. pinch and tilt your head back uh, is what they say. And the reason they say that is because they don't want you bleeding all over the nurse's <laughs> office. But the uh, issue is then when you have a kid who's like got a real nosebleed, mm-hmm. was like really digging for gold or something. Now they're both bleeding through the nose and throwing up blood all over your office. Mm. Sweet. Well, and that everybody now learns something at home. Parents, you know, if you have kids, don't tilt your head back. Tilt your head back if you have a nose. Bleed. And yep. kids don't pick your nose that much. Right. Yeah, like, come on. It's bleeding. Stop. <laughs> and also don't drink the blood of your enemies, even if it contains drugs. Yeah, I thought that scene was really gross. I so hated gross. that. Uh, just also, visually. there's so much blood in the human body. Mm-hmm. So much blood in the human body. The chance yeah. that like what he drank, even if you could get it into your system that way, yeah. the chance that what he drank would have any effect mm-hmm. is zero. Okay. So oh, another another air. The floor. Yeah, yeah that's but it's a new apartment. It's a clean too. floor. And then it, floor blood. Everything <sighs> becomes again saved, right? Because right. he has the NZT in his system. Yeah. He's able to fight and escape and make all the right moves. Mm-hmm. And that leads me to my final point here about the film, which is the lesson of the movie. What are we taking away from this? Because at the end, I just felt like. It's pro-substance abuse. Like, the only thing that's good (laughs) is NZT in the movie. Everything, you know, there's never a solution where he has to find something in himself or be courageous when he's sober. It's always just, things are bad, I feel like shit, the drug. And it's not a tragedy that ends with him having to pay for his sins. Yeah, he is on top at the end, if anything. He's going to be Senator Mora. And he's an acclaimed novelist. What if the lesson <laughs> is here, don't trust your senators? Okay. Who well, are these people? Is so or, or people okay. in charge, or like the rich, or don't, I could, I could see that. Don't trust your, your Robert De Niro sort of like a Warren Buffett, sure. John Tudor Jones kind of guy, like right. a mm-hmm. corporate titan. Yeah. Well, he's actually good. He's not doing any NZT. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, seems like so, it. But he is kind of, you know, throwing his power around. He's definitely like got the senator trying to get the senator in his pocket. Yes. That's saying something about the power dynamics of this country, believe mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So here's Look, I'm looking for a radical agenda. Here's how I took it. You got this guy who's essentially bipolar, real bad. Okay. And when he's up, he's up. When he's down, it's going to literally kill him. Uh, he learns from his ex-wife that it's possible to essentially get off this drug without it literally killing you. Mm-hmm. Taper but, down is her incredible advice. <laughs> but she's... But she's not doing great. She's not doing great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not which, like you want to be like her at that moment. If, yeah. if you look at the way we treat most extreme cases of bipolar 1, mm-hmm. the people who are at a point where they are no longer having these giant swings, they're not doing great. And it's really hard to keep people who have bipolar one on their medication hmm. because they miss the high so much. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember because that it, from Abnormal Psych. Shout out. <laughs> and a lot of, by the way, and very creative people like had bipolar and had a very hard time taking their meds. Right. If they were offered meds at all and ended up killing themselves. Like okay. this is a. But do you think the movie. So what I think is at the end of the movie when he explains mm. that when you're when he had a manic episode, he managed to have a breakthrough mm-hmm. where he somehow fixed the kinks. Uh-huh. I took that to mean that metaphorically or actually he somehow managed to find a drug that levels him out Mm. so he's not having these insane swings he's not having dissociative states he's not paranoid and delusional and murdering people Uh, (laughs) he does say like he tweaked it he refined it he's had years to work on it also most people with bipolar disorder don't murder anybody so is this a fantasy of sort of like what a perfect the perfect both uh, wonder and down of bipolarism leading to like a perfectly level taking all the good positives without any of the downside. I will say that he Wouldn't also... would be beautiful if a person could achieve that? He doesn't seem manic at the end. Hmm. Like he seems sure. smart, yeah. but he doesn't right. seem like he's all the way up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is that moment where he's explaining the car crash, oh, predicting the future. God, yeah. that, that, that bothered me. And then he's also like speaking Chinese. And then right. there's a oh. quick shot of her and you're like, is she on it too? I think she's on it too. Interesting. Like, and he feels uh, De Niro's heart and tells him like his I, condition. It it's felt a lot. like they were setting up a sequel to me. Well, the uh, book... There is yeah. a sequel to the book. Oh, oh well, right? the book is a crazy ending. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's talk oh, about that. I don't know what that is. Do you know? Yeah. Hold on. Uh, let me call. Is that it. one I called pe- like even a little bit limited? It's called the uh, <laughs> like dark. What is it called? Limitless. Dark- they changed the title of the book to Limitless after the movie came. No. Yeah. 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 Dark. The Dark Fields. Yeah. Is the title of the book the movie Limitless is based on. And Isn't that he's the title? Writing, of the book oh, in that's the- clever. Illuminating the Dark Fields. Inception. I will, I will say this: <laughs> one thing we can give the movie credit for is that at no point does he read an excerpt from his book Flaw, and have someone credit. go, "That is great writing," because <laughs> that's like the worst Sorkin. Yeah. Like I had a huge problem with we don't even know what this book is about. And it, the editor oh, reads three pages and she loses her mind. Yeah. She can't believe it. She's calling him after years of abandoning him. It would have been nice, yeah, to get a little But somehow giving him an advance. Like, did she pay him to go away? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like it. Here's the last paragraph of the plot description of the novel. Great. Okay. I love it. Spoilers for the book, guys. We're, we're <laughs> the, it's like very similar until here. Okay. Facing imminent death from withdrawal, Edward comes to terms with his own actions. He has killed someone, by the way, in the book, for sure. Okay. I thought so in the movie, yes. too. Yes. Okay. I was pretty sure. Edward comes to terms with his own actions and travels to Mayo Pack, New York, where he, that's upstate, where he seeks redemption by leaving a bag full of cash at his ex-wife's doorstep. He then continues driving aimlessly up north and eventually checks into a remote motel along the Vermont Highway, where he pens his account of the last few months of his life and the events leading to his ultimate downfall. As he drifts into a semi-conscious state, Edward watches on as the president, this goes to Healy's theory, Okay. as the president visibly under the influence of MDT, which is the book's version of whatever, what is it called? NZT? Uh, NZT 48. (laughs) The president, visibly under the influence, announces the deployment of U.S. troops into Mexico in a televised address to the nation. There you go. What did I tell you? Wow. That's very different. Well, now I need to read the sequel. 
Yes, we have yeah, to. Well, now, yeah, I definitely am curious how the sequel goes down. Does he need to take more MDT to stop the president from invading Mexico? Like, did- I, I, I'll tell you what, we're all going to read the sequel book to. and come we back and tomorrow. Come back, read it yes. tonight, come back tomorrow, having read. Yeah, yeah, while well, we're recording a podcast tomorrow, but the next day. Okay, right. <laughs> I can't do that, though. That's, well, no, you'll figure okay, it out so for sure. So Saturday. The, why, Saturday Saturday is, is my dog's tough. birthday. Softball. Okay, Ooh, yeah. and I'm going out of town on Monday. Right, and then hmm. it's the fourth, pretty much. You know what? Let's just not read the book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but we could read, like, the spark notes. Yeah. If you, no, no you need. know what? You read them. <laughs> yeah. And I'll fill you guys like, in. You can give us the cliff notes of the spark notes. Because I'll read them, too. I'll definitely. Just, I'll, yeah, I'll summarize the book to you guys right before we record. Yeah, and then we can all you. talk about yes. it. Perfect. See, that's good. Um, okay, and uh, we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to have the guys debate, and then we're going to get into some hardcore neuropharmacology. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. Okay, we are back, and the time has come. The bell is has rung. <laughs> I don't know the right way to say That's this. right. That's right. The curtain's up, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have a debate. Obviously, we wish Medina was here. Medina, shout out. We love you. And uh, instead, uh, Tegan and I will be moderating, and we will weigh in on how the debate goes. Pick love a winner. It. Um, I'll tell you guys the topic, and you guys can decide who will take the pro and the con. Okay. So the first one, very simply, Limitless is a good movie. Well, I think it's pretty clear you should... I take the more life-affirming side, usually, so yeah. yeah. That's true. Okay, so here we go. Three minutes. It's a micro. That should be fine, yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Steve Healy, and I'll be taking the pro. Limitless is a good movie. Is it a great movie? Is it one of the best movies you're going to see? Absolutely not. Is it a very good piece of filmed entertainment with some terrific movie stars, a propulsive, explosive plot, a premise that will lead to conversation, thought, scenes of sex and action and beautiful New York City, wish fulfillment fantasies of what would happen if I could become really rich and really powerful without doing anything, write a famous book, uh, the moral choices, dilemmas, problems, challenges. Does a protagonist change as he evolves through a series of, of uh, cycles through life? Yes, all of that is packed into the 110 minutes or whatever of Limitless, uh, directed by a talented filmmaker, starring a talented actor who's gone on to bigger and better things. Robert De Niro, one of the favorites. This is a, a very solid, very good movie worth your time and money. We should evaluate a movie no different than other pieces of art. And the way we should, the questions we should ask ourselves are what do we feel once the movie is over? What are we left with? Are we asking interesting questions? Do we feel something? Have we learned anything? And the answer when we watch Limitless is no. We don't know what this character was to begin with. We don't know what it, what sort of questions we're supposed to be asking about drugs. About it, it, it deals. Here's the thing: is that it touches on so many different interesting subjects: uh, finance, dr- uh, science, drugs, n- neuropsychology, uh, relationships, all of these things, business. And yet, it doesn't have an interesting take on any of them. It's also way too heavy-handed. The cinematography is way too like lust and uh, like too vivid and too candy colored it's not it's distracting it's too stylistic because it doesn't have enough actual message or heart to it 
I couldn't tell you what the core philosophy or core being of the any of the characters is, let alone the main character. It also is it is not age well in uh, many senses. One of the main ones being that we have an basically an all white cast. The female characters are way underrepresented. We don't know anything about them other than that they're props for the main character. It's a bad movie. It left me with nothing. Okay, what do we want to take away from the cinema? What feelings do we want? We want to feel stimulated, excited, curious, provoked, amused, entertained. All of that you get from watching Limitless. We've been talking for okay. 45 minutes about how we felt frustrated, let down, confused. That's because you're uh, a sourpuss, uh, but we've also been talking for an hour about the movie, a movie which came out, I don't know, 10 or something years ago, and we're still talking about it right there. We were a assigned movie. to watch it. It's not like we said we should watch, the, we have to watch Limitless. Everybody has sort of heard of the premise of Limitless. It was so good and exciting of a premise that they made a TV show what out a, of it. Uh, this is a great reason why it's a concept. disappointing letdown of a movie. There is a decent premise there. It's not an original one. This is such but a it, that you can untap everything in your brain. Attitude, like the, the oh, the timer went off. Wow. Okay. I know that's not the typical sound you guys are used to. Whew, I was oh. barely getting warmed up, and I know I convinced myself. I think, yeah, we could have easily had a, a much longer debate on that, but unfortunately, it's bad science and not the great debates. Um, I will say, I think we have had a much longer debate on that. I think that's what we've been doing <laughs> for an hour. What do you think? Yeah, Tegan, weigh in. Uh, I was, I was uh, inclined to think it wasn't a bad movie because you're right; it was engaging and and action filled. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. Uh, if I want that, I'm going to watch Pacific Rim. <laughs> wow. Mm. No one's saying it's Pacific Rim level. Yes, of course. I was biased, I admit. Obviously, yeah. I you know I agree with Dave's points mm-hmm. about the film, but I thought you made a terrific argument. So that goes. That should go to Healy. Then we. You cannot yeah. take your. It, the question isn't what's the right answer. The question is who won the debate. Yes. Yes. And but, so I have. I feel to, like Healy taking notes in the middle was also like really persuasive. I was like, yeah, wow, that was cool. this persuasive. is. I could have brought like, something about this. I haven't seen this movie, but it reminds me a little of Limitless. Mm-hmm. The the bucket list, right? If oh, there's a I've movie, seen the bucket list. If there's, but if there's a movie that comes out and it just people talk about the premise and the idea sparks. Conversation, Conversation. Does it matter if the movie itself is good or bad, or mm. pay it forward? Another one, like oh, pay it forward. Oh, that's, that's a great, great movie. Like, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. there just like value to having introduced this concept? That's true. People can talk. Brought it to everyone's attention. Okay, let's not dilly daddle. Is there? I don't know. I I'm not sure. Oh, okay, <laughs> it can still be a bad movie. Um, so we're gonna get into after. <laughs> We're going to get into, after the debate, some of this uh, brain enhancement stuff that's actually on the market. Uh, okay. Nootropics. Nootropics? Nootropics. Nootropics. So speaking of that, here's your next debate. We can decide who takes a pro or the con. Brain enhancing pills should be as popular as kombucha. Okay. Well, I'm taking the pro again. I guess so, yeah. Sure, Just good. Yeah. All right, I'm okay. Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Brain enhancing pills are here. They are a part of our world. They exist. They're out there. There's no stopping them. So how popular should they be? I would say they should be about as popular as kombucha. Kind of a fringe product for people who know about what it is. It's not for everyone. No one's forcing it on you. You don't have to have it. You should get a little bit of education and have to do a little bit of work to even find this product. It shouldn't be 
everywhere where people can get too much of it and cause themselves harm. But if you really like need some brain enhancing pills and you've done some research, yeah, like kombucha, it should be somewhat available to you. I think kombucha is somewhat regulated. Okay, so Healy's lost the debate because he doesn't product. understand the accessibility of kombucha. Like you can get kombucha, 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 whatever, anywhere you want. It's at any anywhere supermarket you want in hipster he- LA. Teenagers are buying kombucha as an impulse buy at checkout lines at at supermarkets you hear across about the that. country. It, it, the it's over the teens, counter. You it's don't the topic need... of the summer. Well, it actually is sort of like a hacky millennial reference that people are drinking kombucha. In your UCB Echo Park world, not at all. Yeah, like, not search Texas, Twitter for kombucha. You'll see like you'll see search everyone the talking. Newsletter for kombucha. You'll see there it is. That's not okay. This well, is not a problem. Even if it were, even if we're talking about like our small community of quote unquote hipster Los yeah. Angeles, you're still talking about millions of people who are basically like under the age of 45 in a major metropolis. That applies to like probably about 180 million people in the whole country. It shouldn't be that accessible as kombucha is. Brain, whatever we're about to start talking about, nootropics, like the you should not be able, you said you said it yourself that this is something where you should have to do a little research or know where to get it. That's not what kombucha is. And if you think that these kind of drugs should require a certain like barrier of entry to be able to consume them, then my friend, you have totally misunderstood how many people are drinking kombucha on a regular Basis level of because I agree kombucha. with you. Slightly disgusting taste, maybe some, you know. Oh, some people love the taste. A lot of people crave the taste of kombucha. And in fact, it's more the flavors of kombucha are more varied than ever. They're basically being advertised and marketed the same way that like LaCroix is. You can get grapefruit kombucha now. You can get super healthy kombucha. You can get super sugary kombucha. You can get can, all kinds of kombucha. Are you going to address the topic? Like, should brain drugs be that yes, common? T- there's like, Healy, the topic you, you isn't just about okay, drain drugs. Okay, it's, you, you, this is your misunderstanding. That it's equally about, about kombucha. kombucha. Okay. You turned it into that, and it was your big. It was your big mistake. It's all I need I to win the debate. I will you in your world where 180 million people in the country are drinking kombucha. Fine. Okay. Are you going to tell these people they can't have brain enhancing drugs? Advil is a brain enhancing drug. No, actually, Healy, I'm not drugs. the one who said that. You're the one who said that if you, that people should have a certain amount of research necessary, or there should be limited access to people who are taking these kind of drugs. I'm, I'm legitimately mad at you. Good. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm it's getting him fired up. Blood boil. Uh, Tegan. So while I agree that kombucha is too common and should not be successful <laughs> as it is, uh, Healy pointed out that caffeine is a brain-enhancing drug and even at one point described kombucha using certain words that a lot of people used to describe coffee. And that's what won me over is because... Caffeine is wow. so the fact in that Dave's it, world, you got to go to the government to get your coffee. Brain enhancing <laughs> drugs are already <laughs> much more common than kombucha. <laughs> well, I I kind of had a an interesting take on it, which is which is that I thought we strayed away a little bit from the topic. So I w- I was agreeing with Steve on mm-hmm. that, but I had to pick Dave as far as the winner of the debate because of the amount of time. You took up. It's like ball control. That's right. Yeah, you know, classic Dave tactic. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Just you were just at, at some point you were steamrolling, and I just felt like, well, this is gonna have to. By the way, for the debaters way. out there, like you can win sixty percent of debates just by the other person being like, oh, fine, whatever. Ugh. Right. I mean, it's a good <laughs> tactic. It makes sense. I will also say, I thought Dave was gonna go the route of saying, like, because this this topic has like three sides, right? 
it should be as common as kombucha. Yeah. Or you could less say than, it should be less than or more than. Right. I thought you were going to go the more than route. Oh, that's of like if mm. you're if you're saying this is a good thing, then everyone should have access to it. If you're saying it's safe, as safe as kombucha, everyone should have access to it. It Tegan, would improve like, everyone's Tegan lives. Used you. That's so great. he chose to fought on how much kombucha is out there, which is <laughs> interesting. More fun. Yeah. Incidentally, we can laugh about like your thing. You know, make a joke about like you should have to go to the government for coffee and stuff. Uh-huh. I love. We this. do have government warnings in <laughs> coffee establishments now. Because like the in government, California. yeah, the government yeah. is involved in our coffee intake. Wait, that like cancer message that's yeah. on every kind of building in California. Literally, you yeah. drive yeah. into California, and there's a sign that's like the state of California is known to the state of California to cause cancer. I Whoa. don't think it's specific to coffee. I it's mean, just I'm on sure everything. There, Healy, there may have been a time when people said like, you should have to, yeah, you have to go to the government for your cigarettes in Dave's world. Yeah. You say you should have to go I to mean, the government for your you cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the last one, and I and I do like this one. Woo. Oh, we're d- another? Okay. One more, one more. Right, we got okay, one okay. more, yeah, and... Right. Uh, okay, I was going to say, Tegan, you can weigh in, but I don't know. Now these guys are fired up, so there's a crossfire going it's gonna on. It's going to be a punch thrown any any second <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, any second now it's going to get violent. Um, okay, here it is. Chemically altering your mind during writer's block is a good idea. Okay, what's, so I'm not taking the pro side. I mean, always life cool. affirming. All right, I I'm feel Steve like- Healy. I'm taking the pro. Look, you're having a problem. Chemically alter your brain with a nice cup of tea or, you know, two beers. It doesn't have to be chemically altering your brain doesn't have to be a snort of cocaine or whatever. Like there's a lot of ways to chemically alter your brain. Drinking more water alters the chemical balance of your brain. If you're having writer's block, drink some water. Exercise. That alters the chemical balance of your brain. Go for it. I say those are exercise, water, tea. These are all good ways to break your writer's block. If you want to have a little alcohol, I'm not going to judge you. Go for that too. Well, you're okay. I believe we need to put some parameters on what it means to alter the chemistry of your brain because even right sitting and writing is going to alter the <laughs> chemistry of your brain to some so extent. Give us a ruling here. I mean, your brain is different from one second to the next. So I would say you need yeah, some I'll, amount I'll, of parameters. I'll, I'll weigh in and just here. Let me pause this. Actually, <laughs> I'll weigh in and just say that yeah, I meant more chemically alter as a tea. I might count, uh-huh. uh, but but really, I was going for a drug. Okay, uh, let's alcohol. Say, let's or, say caffeine is incredibly psychoactive How in about, terms of great. The let's let's stipulate that we're talking about by ingesting something. Okay, yeah, how does right. that sound? Cool. Let's okay. do that. All right. Okay, so. I would say that the most productive thing you could do is chocolate. Yeah, sure. I don't know why you said it in that voice. But how we talk about chocolate? It is. Yeah. Say it again. Chocolate. <laughs> Sometimes when Healy Healy has a character named Aunt Cheryl, debates I about chocolate chocolates and, and my nieces and the holidays. If we're talking about I Christmas, I love Christmas so. and Thanksgiving and Halloween. Um, you know why I love Halloween? Oh, chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, so it, what are the best things you can do for you of writer's block? Change your environment. Take a walk. We've studies show that actually just getting up and walking is as good for your brain as pretty much anything else there is. Take a rest. Try to just pick up your notebook or your laptop and go to a different place. Even just passing through a doorway has been uh, noted to like change our frame of reference and get us thinking about different things. If you're gonna like these, the things that you're talking about, uh, tea, coffee, chocolate, all any kinds of artificial uh, stimulants or natural stimulants. 
stimulants. They're going to have a short-term positive effect, and then you're going to crash, and it's going to be even worse for your uh, writer's block because what you need is sustained creativity. And if you go for a short burst, you're going to eventually dip, and it's going to only uh, make you feel worse about what little work you're getting done, and you're going to actually sink further into writer's block if you go the uh, quick fix route. Okay, let me make an actually, I think, serious point here. What was I doing? <laughs> the doorway what is... A backhanded way to, like, that, it's so unfair. Taking a walk, exercise, all that stuff. Let's call that, like, let's say writing is like uh, digging a mine and all that stuff that you talked about, walking through a door or whatever, that's all picks and shovels and ingesting something like chocolate or coffee or whatever, that's dynamite. You don't want to use dynamite all the time, but if you hit like a bunch of rock, your serious you point to, is just to change the metaphor that we're talking about. It's that too, doesn't that like to, to just say that it's more powerful in a different way isn't any sort of actual argument that it's more powerful. Would you let me finish? I guess, but I'll just say that... Oh, sorry, bud. I can't let you finish. (laughs) (sighs) Tegan. My general philosophy in the past has been to write drunk, edit, caffeinated... And you have changed Ooh, my mind, wow. sir. We oh, walking through some doors. Walk through doors. See, see what hey. happens. Would oh, you say write drunk, edit, caffeinated? Oh yeah. That's not bad. Um, I got to give it to Dave as well. Again, a kind of with the timing, but I really do feel like you were on the cusp yeah, there. You're, you're sad. If just there was tell another minute, say. if there was another minute, I felt like really I would have gone sad. heels. Look, you know, it was a good debate. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad Don't you're you here. want to Love sum limitless. up your point in ten I, seconds? I did feel like you kind of left some stuff on the table as far as just you know getting loose, shaking yourself up, have a drink. You know, m- many authors have done it, all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, Dave robbed us of my point, so we'll just oh. have to move on. Wow. And you're going to be too petty to share it with us now, mm. even though we both agreed beforehand to play by the rules of the time constraints? I mean, look. <laughs> I'm just saying, does salt count as an ingested substance? Because mm-hmm. No, no, we were going drugs. Doing any of this stuff, it can be helpful, but if you do it all the time, you're going to get in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. It's a simple, obvious... I did like the dynamite mm-hmm. line. I thought that was good. I like the part where I was like, that's dumb. Mm. <laughs> I like Dan Sherrill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that probably was Sherrill's everyone's great. favorite part. Um, okay, so let's get into some of this stuff. I don't know a lot about it. I don't know if you guys do, Steve and Dave, but I have. I had a friend that had, had done one of, of two things. Um, one of them was uh, nootropics. Am okay. I, am I yep. still saying that right? Okay. That's N-O-O. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it looks very strange. But so, so there's a bunch of these on the market that that say that they improve memory, focus, uh, and then I guess there are some cons that are like you crash and such. So I just want to know where you weigh in on it. Yeah, so there are drugs that will temporarily enhance certain aspects of cognition where people in double-blind studies will perform better on certain memory tasks or, or things like that. However... As far as I know, I have not seen anything that performs better than caffeine. Mm. Wow. So essentially what we find is if you make the brain move faster, the brain moves faster. Okay. But anyone who has ever had withdrawal from caffeine knows that that's not free. Mm -hmm. And also you might start having one cup of coffee in the morning. But at a certain point, your brain adapts. Mm -hmm. Your brain essentially gets used to one cup of coffee, and that becomes your new baseline. And now you're having two cups of coffee just to get to the same level you were before. Well, you said earlier that you edit 
caffeinated. Right. So do you regularly drink caffeine of some sort? I very much limit my caffeine intake mostly because if I skip a day, I will have migraines so bad wow. that I will be crying in my bathroom. Whoa. So you're already at past the point of no return. Yeah. You you need your your fix. Yeah. And I have I have one cup a day. One cup of coffee. One cup of coffee. That's you guys, what good. do you do? Caffeine? I have about a cup of coffee a day. I would say I have about a the equivalent of like one and a half to two cups of coffee a day, probably. What does the equivalent mean? You're drinking a bunch it, of tea? Uh, no, it means that like I'll have like a coffee in the morning and then a coffee in the afternoon usually, and sometimes there's other caffeinated beverages or like mm. Coke so occasionally. Okay, a little yeah. soda. So here's a question. But I try not. To. I mean, that's terrible. Do you find sure. you drink less caffeine on days when you take your new vigil? I so rarely take it. I have to, like, the only times I really take New Vigil are for, like, extreme, re like, because it, uh, it, uh, it kind of is, like, a little scary to me, even though I've taken it a lot. So, okay. like, if I'm uh, traveling and only get three hours of sleep and I need to, whatever, like, be awake, or if I, for, like, when we had... Uh, all like um, overnight shoots on a set, and I need to stay up until seven, literally all night, all day and night until seven in the morning. You I'll literally do. use it for the things you're not supposed to use it That's for. That's correct. <laughs> okay. Yes, I. Oh, that is kind of true. I basically <laughs> only use it recreationally, <laughs> or to stay up. Like, or like maybe there have been two nights in the past five years when I've been like, okay, I guess I'm not sleeping tonight, and so I'm just gonna like go through. I'll just take it at four in the morning and stay up and okay. Go and have have you work. noticed the negative parts uh, of that? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I just find that, like, when the tired comes back, it comes back hard. And well, it's gonna like, ask, I just gotta lie down <laughs> right now. Do you yeah. find you drink less caffeine? Uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. I, yeah okay. I so that's a big thing for me. I used to drink, like, my dose of caffeine was real high. Mm. And when I first started taking this, I had issues because I started withdrawing from caffeine because I wasn't keeping myself awake with caffeine anymore. Right, right. Tegan, maybe you know the answer to this. I've been wondering about this. Somebody mentioned it to me as just their own observation, like that if you want to get energy from coffee, just have coffee. Don't have any milk or whatever in there. Like I always drink black coffee. I don't know. What is the effect of the milk on the caffeine, right? Because a lot of people are drinking like a frappuccino or whatever. My, That's got all kinds of craziness. My guess, I don't know for sure, but my guess would be it gets into your system slower. Okay. Because your body's spending a lot of time digesting just milk and the milk out. and the sugar yeah. and all of that. I was going to say there's usually sugar in milk, right? Yes. So there's yeah, lactose. That's it, yeah. But also people like frappuccinos, who knows like God knows it's people getting those frilly drinks, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. Um okay, so not necessarily recommended to try nootropics, you or, would say. No, I mean if you're if you're prescribed them by a doctor, not if you prescribe them. I'm talking but about recreationally. Just these, yeah, there's like these promotional. Are you talking about like, like Alpha Brain and On It and like that. Yeah, there's, there's I just not today proven. Some like bulletproof coconut oil stuff. <laughs> Talk to me about that. <laughs> Sell me on that. I have no idea. Tell me that. Oh, good. is that this? I have no idea. <laughs> Basically, what it comes down to is snake oil salesmen have been around forever. Mm -hmm. If it's not FDA approved and prescribed to you for a doc by a doctor, yeah, it's probably not going to help your brain okay. what are the and it might of, hurt your brain what are the prescription drugs that that could actually help so adderall yeah. is the big one yeah um and adderall i hope we know has major downsides if yeah. it's abused as well mm -hmm. people who have severe add and severe adhd it's life-changing 
um, because all of a sudden the noise in their brain that mm-hmm. has prevented them from being functional adults is gone and they mm-hmm. can actually do normal things. Yeah. But if you overtake it or if you take it when you don't have that, you're essentially messing up your dopamine system, mm-hmm. which is what lets you, you know, learn. It's a big one. And sort of be a human in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta have that. What um, if you're done with learning? Sort of. <laughs> Sort of. You're out of school. I mean, dopamine. <laughs> if you're out of school, like, I don't know why you're trying to take smart drugs if you're done with learning. You feel like you know enough stuff, but then you, you need don't to learn enough piano. stuff. Then you don't need smart drugs. Okay, so what about microdosing? You know oh, about this? Great microdosing question. of like uh, psychedelics? That's yeah, correct. baby. I've never tried this either, but it's been, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times someone has suggested to me. Michael Pollan's writing about yeah. it now. Aren't like 50% of podcasts and some guy microdosing? <laughs> <laughs> so this is how I feel today. Yeah. <laughs> well, so micropodding is a new trend too, oh, where people record 30 second cool. podcasts that's every great. day. That's great. When do you listen to that? Yeah, like I, during I'm commercials. Sorry, I when cut you pee? Off yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Though. I'm uh, sorry. So the issue with saying anything about microdosing of LSD Mm -hmm. or other psychedelics is that psychedelics are all classified as Schedule 1 drugs in the U.S., Okay, which means it is incredibly difficult to be allowed to study them. Right. Okay. So there I've also been told I should try microdosing. Uh I like... You just don't know the effects, I guess. But we don't you have can't research. know the answer to mm-hmm. how it affects you because there haven't been enough studies done. It's all anecdotal. The, any, it really is. There, yeah. yeah. Well, and also, you know, they say with a lot of drugs, you get out of it what you put into it. Mm. Um, and so if you, like, it's the same thing with my double blind modafinil thing. Mm-hmm. If you go into it being like, this is a smart drug and I'm going to mm-hmm. take this and then I'm going to finish my term paper and it's going to yeah. be the best paper I ever mm-hmm. wrote. You could probably do just as well with an Altoid. Right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Been a good pep talk. Yeah. Nothing Nothing a good pep talk can't fix. And I feel like we're underestimating Altoids in this. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Space Jam. They keep coming Space up. Space Jam had it right. Yeah. Like, Space Jam had the, the magic that's water. Right. That's and right. right. the placebo that's effect so is real. Are there, I mean, you were talking before about, you know, taking a walk and, you know, like natural ways to improve brain functionality. Exercise is the best. And okay. not just exercise, but about a half hour of cardio. Okay. So for a very long time, neuroscientists thought that your brain was done growing by about age three. Whoa. That you got no new neurons after about age three. Yeah. And everything that happened after that was either things that already existed wiring differently mm-hmm. or what's called pruning, which is selective death of your brain cells. Wow. Your, your brain doesn't heal. You don't get new neurons. Okay. We recently, fairly recently, discovered that that's not entirely true. Mm. There are at least two very specific places in the brain where you can get new neurons. Okay. Wow. And one of the best ways to trigger what's called neurogenesis, the, the birth of new neurons, is 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise. Wow. Please say the others like watching TV. <laughs> Brownies. The, the interesting thing about this is that uh, high-intensity interval training okay. doesn't seem to do it as well. Ooh. And 
lifting weights doesn't seem to do as well. Interesting. So what's like just a good like jogging basically? Like go for a jog, go for a swim. Uh-huh. Um, if you're really out of shape, even going for a walk for yeah, half an hour. That's, like just get that's your me. heart rate up, get yourself breathing a little heavy. Yeah. Okay. It's also going to give you a nice serotonin and dopamine boost. Right. Mm. That's, mm. that's just get that right up in your brain. Love that. It's great. Then just harvest away. Okay, sweet. Well, that's really good advice. Um, and then uh, my wait, my wait. Sorry. Oh, you yeah, said please. There were two ways to do it. Oh yeah. No, I said there's two main places in the oh, brain. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's, uh, there's, I misunderstood that too. Like new neurons appear to pop up in other situations. Okay. We're still sort of sussing out how and why, and hopefully this will be great for people with. Uh, things like Alzheimer's, things like Parkinson's disease, things what people have traumatic brain injuries. If we can figure out how to convince the brain to heal itself, mm-hmm. that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So do like athletes and people that do 30 minutes of cardio every day have more neurons than the average Joe? Uh, I mean, it depends. There's a few things. Having more neurons isn't necessarily better. Whoa. It's sort of all about how they're connected. That's what I say when I don't go to the gym. So you might get you might get you might get more neurogenesis, but if you're not uh, using those connections, your brain is use it or lose it. Oh, um, okay. also, oh shit. so it's doing the cardio and then reading. Or... Yeah, and then using your brain. Okay. Um, oh, creating new memories. Two things. Two things. <laughs> I will also say a lot of athletes, you know, uh, highest rates of traumatic brain injury mm. are number two, football. Mm-hmm. Most people think that's number one. It's not. Number one, does anybody have a guess? Rugby? Nope. <sighs> because they're not wearing helmets, they protect their heads. So they don't Whoa. get hit in the head as often. Oh, that makes sense. You wear a helmet, you feel Hockey? invincible? Nope. Okay. Gymnastics. Gymnastics? From what, falling? Yeah. From flipping around and being upside down a bunch. Wow. Wow. From making really brave choices on a very narrow beam or on bars. Should gymnasts, what's the word I'm looking for? Gymnasts. (laughs) Gymnasts. Should gymnasts wear, yeah, some protective gear, you think? I mean, the issue is that you're more, like, if you have a, if you're doing gymnastics and you have a limited vision Mm because you're wearing a helmet you're more likely to fall and also Mm. traumatic brain injuries are caused by your brain hitting your skull not by i've heard that can i ask you something um some i read once that there's theories about like hyperbaric chambers and being able to like manage the trauma from concussions and subconcussive hits to the brain is the, is there anything to that that you've heard of uh, the basic I mean, idea being sorry that like someone said like if every NFL locker room had a hyperbaric chamber and you put a player in there within an hour of playing that it would undo a lot of the damage that they caused does that well, make any I mean, sense one of the things that causes cells to die is lack of oxygen right so i could see giving them a buttload of oxygen could would hurt or something help save the neurons that aren't already dead that are like just yeah. just injured um but the number one thing you want to do to prevent traumatic brain injury is not get hit in the head really hard Makes by sense. a 300 pound athlete right yeah yeah if you can avoid that it's probably good i guess or by the ground yeah right. deal okay uh so the the second game i want to do is the pitch it to the limit so okay. I want you guys, uh, and this can be quick, but I just want a different storyline for Limitless. So the same, I, it's centered around the same drug, NZT48, um, but but not the plot of 
limitless. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Am I saying this Are we right? working together? Are we doing competing pitches? No, Let's work together. Okay. Yeah, great. why not? Here's where I'm starting, Dave, just to, to open just to open the dialogue. A father's child is sick. He would do anything to find a cure for this disease. Well, that's nice. He I would love take this any so far. Drug. I like, like this because I'm emotionally invested. Yeah. Obviously, I'm rooting for this yes. guy. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's like What's, John Q almost. Yeah. 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 I never Single dad. Oh. You're kidding me. Yeah. My heart okay. goes out. Yeah. I don't know. Who the, could we get? Um, well, who would be good for this? In, in, You're great in, at casting. I oh, mean, go. we don't need to recast this movie. Bradley Cooper is <laughs> a home run. <laughs> Coop. Yeah. <laughs> but could it be, maybe it's like a Jeffrey Wright or someone. Maybe we could really Jeffrey get some Wright, more emotional Well, Jeffrey Wright could maybe be here. like the doctor who's like, Oh, Healy, now If we're only talking. we could d- just move the, d- we're so close to the science yeah. on this. We just don't have the, the, the government cut out the funding and blah, blah, blah. And so we're left with, this is as far as we've gotten. Okay, and so the basic pitch is that... If you want me to save your son's life, learn this. He points to some problem. I see. No one can learn it. So it's like, and then he, so sort of, the guy has no choice. He almost sacrifices his own life to save his son. Absolutely, he would if he could. He's like, uh, he's sort of goodwill hunting's the situation. Mm, Yeah, it's kind of like pre-goodwill hunting. I think we just do goodwill hunting with Bradley Cooper. Okay. And before, except (laughs) that before, you know, like five minutes before the beginning of goodwill hunting, Ben Affleck says to Bradley Cooper, I got this new drug, (laughs) NZT, here, take it. Oh, I'm a genius. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Go. I like that. Begin goodwill hunting, but with Bradley Cooper instead of Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) It all lines up from there. (laughs) Where's he? Anything to add? How do we, I was going to ask, how do we involve, because I need a fight scene mm-hmm. okay. and I need some sort of love story so can you give me right it's not make or break we're still gonna buy your film I think Tegan and I are very wow. are Tegan you, and I are very impressed are we, is this a major like more of an indie awards kind of it's like deal? a focus features okay kind of thing. in that mm-hmm. case you Jeffrey Wright and, and is the love interest for Coop whoa didn't see that coming yeah wow let's yeah. go there Let's go there Single tier, in a man. big way. And Single frankly, tier. his homophobia, Bradley Cooper's, that he had from his conservative childhood, the NZT gets rid of that, too. Whoa. And that lets him explore his love. And that's something we really actually want to dig into in this reimagining of Limitless is the idea that a drug that when you finally do use 100% of your brain, as apocryphal as that might be, that you not only become more, your senses all become more acute and all of those things that we've seen before, but what also ends up happening is that you become more compassionate, you become more empathetic, you have a social understanding that is that is deeper, you become more loving, mm-hmm. you become, you basically like, at the risk of sounding corny, you understand the connectedness between all human beings. Yeah. Uh, which is something I think that the first Limitless, you know, which we like a lot, but we'd really like to explore those themes more in this one. Limitless, the first Limitless, took us to the limit of the brain. Right. We're going to we, add that next extra, the heart. The the brain's heart. What if it could be we're Limitless? It and is that what heart. he's trying to fix in his son the his heart thing, yeah well, that's, that's the problem. irony is that the son has a congenital heart disease where he doesn't have a heart wow yeah, yeah. And, and so anyone could just... and they say oh he has tin man's disease and ha 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 and they make fun of it tin boy tin boy they call him the tin boy but <laughs> it's horrible it's, <laughs> it's but sad. you feel for him yeah okay and where i just love God. that like over the course of this movie it sounds like not only does bradley cooper save his son but he also saves himself 
And oh, absolutely. Ideally, wow. yes, saves us, saves you and me. Yeah. And, and so where is the violence? Because our audience, you know, our target audience oh, really wants does to. Oh, he Muay Thai. <laughs> he what? He does Muay Thai fighting. That's oh, yeah. Hobby. Yeah, but it's really cool, though. Yeah, he's in a tournament. He really loses. Cool. I'm asking. Wait, are we talking about the son without a heart? or? Yeah, him too. Uh, him too. That's because how, that actually was what, helps him. That was what brought them together. Yeah. But where's the where's the danger, is, is I guess what I'm asking. How does Where does the fight scene take place, and who is it with? Well, that's mm, no stakes. Dojo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a training It's in sequence. like a dojo on Pico. Um, and it's like. He doesn't need the money. Yeah, it's more of just like um, a sort of like time passage montage that we anything. might not see it we might, not, we <laughs> might, might, might get okay. cut I don't know it we still it. seems to we're gonna shoot be to cut <laughs> casted uh, all white male well we got Jeffrey Wright right but we it? do have oh, oh. No, we have a we have the a representation is gonna for be sure very diverse okay okay thank god I well, mean yeah we're, we're, we'll, we'll work on it <laughs> race blind baby casting for the childless perfect Gender-blind. Yeah. But double, we want we do want to get a real blind. kid that doesn't have a heart. That's the because trick. That's, that's the yeah, trick. Yeah. The representation matters. Representation We've educated matters. ourselves. Mm-hmm. We 60 minutes. We know all about the, this is a real, and we well, want to bring awareness. Well, the thing is that, like, it's easy. People, what people don't understand is that actors with hearts can play characters without hearts, but it's very difficult for actors without hearts to play characters with hearts. Right. And that's why... It's like that's why it's only fair to cast an actor who doesn't. This is one of the only roles they'll ever be able to play. They're taking back the word Tin Man to describe themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah like we actually should say T word. They yeah. say T. The actual T word, which yeah. I don't want to say out loud, but yeah. that is right. Right. Like, okay, I love it. What do you think? I'm in. Okay, great. Nice job, guys. Limitless two, or you have a different title. Limit, period, less. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you heard him. That's Limit it. because you less. can say people will sit, uh, Yeah, it'll just get people talking. Yeah, yeah, you're right <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for coming. I had a great time. Uh is there anything you guys want to plug or tell people about or anything of that sort? I guess I'd, you know, see Limit.less in theaters. It's opening we're hoping for February 2021. Yeah. No. Well, if we the, if Incredibles plug, four, well, that's. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug, Healy? No. Thank Tegan. It was cool to meet oh. an scientist. What are we doing here? Yeah. Cool hang out, you guys. <laughs> Distracting from the important science. <laughs> <laughs> doing what we do best. Well, you gotta give people. Down. But you gotta give people both. You know, oh, or else yeah. they start to tune out. A little sugar with your pill. Yeah, exactly. A little, a little peanut butter with your uh, what was it? Peanut butter Yeah, with your Mensa Daisy or what was it? <laughs> Modafinil, that was close. Modafinil, oh, it was a different flower. I'm such a schmuck. Um, All right, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you next time. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show for behind the scenes, photos, videos, and games. And also, please feel free to send us an email, badscience at seeker.com. You can request a movie we can do or tell me what a bad job I'm doing and things that I missed. That's cool too. I'll write you back. Again, that's badscience at seeker.com, and we will see you next week. Bye bye.